Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Surviving Hollywood. I'm Johnny Ray Diaz. I am Aaron Arnold. I'm Austin Arnold. And uh, hope you guys are having a good time out there. We just sat down with actress Clarissa Tebow, who uh, you may recognize as a uh, series regular on the show Runaways on Hulu. And she plays a character named Zavin, who is a shapeshifter. Um, and I actually had the opportunity to work with her years ago uh, before she was known by this Marvel character uh, on this uh, really small project. We actually had a hard time even remembering what it was, uh, but we kind of talked a little bit about our experience on there. And uh, it was really cool chatting with her about how this, uh, this recurring role turned into a regular on the show of season three. She also, I thought it was really interesting educating us on Black Lives Matter. I know Aaron, you asked her about that. And I'm the expert, so I was just testing her, actually. No, 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 I wanted to hear her point of view, because on her Instagram, um, you know, she's very vocal about it, and we're big supporters, but I wanted to get a sense, because I feel like the movement is kind of muddled, you know, is there something we can focus on? So we got her opinion on that at the end of it, but something that I really liked, besides that, was that I feel like, you know, Clarissa can hang. She came with stories, she was down to tell us about the trials and tribulations. I think this is a podcast that you're really going to like. Hey, Austin, what do you think? Hey, thanks, man. Uh, I, I just loved how candid she was about as soon as she booked in the Marvel, Marvel TV show, she upgraded her representation. She talked about getting a publicist, all sort of the behind, not in front of the camera, little aspects of advancing your career. She was super open about it. The, the last thing you, you'll kind of, when you get to toward the end of the podcast, you'll hear a little bit about her uh, her past, her family life, and a new podcast she actually just started, which I was actually very intrigued by the fact that she is an orphan. Wow. But that was like interesting to hear. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy. Roll it. You know, we were debating before you got on, Clarissa, how you and Johnny met. <laughs> oh, really? No, I, 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 I remember, but I don't. But the thing is, I don't remember what the project was or what it was called. It was a it, shitty one. <laughs> that's what he said. That that's but that's kind of what I said. But <laughs> I did. I was like, I don't remember what it was. It was like a short slash. It was like a proof I don't know. Of concept, like web right? series. Right thing i still know, i know the writer yeah so i had worked with him on another web series which is why he pulled me onto this one but okay. this one was just a hot fucking mess what happened i don't know i don't understand all i remember is like I'll, this is what i remember we took photos yeah i remember taking photos in the street yeah and i was wearing this weird getup, and then that was literally the end yeah of that that's kind of all that i mean if my memory serves me there was like another attempt at it and it was really, really bad. It was like the, the writer guy, he's he's a good, decent writer, but like has no idea how to make a project. Mm. So he was trying to make a project and does like, he's a good writer. Yeah. Did you yeah. get That's the copy, where it ends. copy credit meal? Is that part of it? <laughs> still waiting for the meal. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah still waiting for the copy credit. <laughs> of it. Still trying to get rid of the credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get rid of the credit. Now, I don't yeah. think I don't think anything ever came of it, which is probably for the best. Yeah, but you met I you mean, met each other. Yes. <laughs> and you know, you've been contact. 
there you go. And you've been, uh, you've been doing well. You've been doing awesome since. You yeah. Know? Uh, I guess that's what people tell me. Uh, I mean, yeah. You wouldn't say you're doing well on a <laughs> safe, safe to say under the you know, Marvel brand. You're not, I know it's, it's strange because I think success always changes. You know, as soon as you think you understand what success should feel like, then it's like, oh no, that's not it. Mm. I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. But you didn't see, I mean, obviously you did probably see that Marvel show, The Runaways, as yeah. a, a huge milestone, a huge milestone in your career, I right? Mean, it definitely opened a lot of doors. I'll, absolutely. I mean, it's an, it's an amazing thing to be part of, absolutely. But it's. But now you're is, better than that. Now you're like, no, oh, you're no, at a different level no. now. Oh my God, if they wanted to bring me back, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, um, a spinoff, please, please. Exactly, that's what yeah. I, I mean, I really would love that if they just did a spinoff in my alien world. That'd be yeah. so fun. But um, no, it's just like, you know, once a project ends, then you're on the search for another one. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the continuous thing. So it, I don't know. I'm like, okay, now the bar is, I will be offered amazing roles all the time. And I'll basically be a black version of Margot Robbie. And it's going to be great. Is that your thing? Uh, is that the, that's <laughs> success to you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that would you, be success. Are you a Margot Robbie type black version? No. Oh. I wish in my wildest dreams. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Probably I, not. I, I could see it. You could be. You could be. You never hard know. To, hard to compare, I mean, you know. I mean, she's an amazing character actor. She's so And that's, good. that's what I would love to be able to do is just completely, completely change everything into these characters that are so unlike myself, which happens, but not to that extent because I don't have that kind of productions around me normally. She's, so, she's one of my favorite female actresses by far. Oh, yeah. She's, it's she's all so the, good. All the blonde foreigners, Charlize Theron. <laughs> right. You know, like, <laughs> it's like all of them. I'm like, wow, you guys are. You should just say you're Australian and you just get a bunch of roles. You know what I mean? Just talk <laughs> with an accent and they'll just give them to you. Exactly. I'm working on the accent. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, I know we kind of jumped ahead a little bit and you've yeah. kind of, you kind of have talked about this in other interviews, like the audition process, but mm-hmm. for our audience, it's not familiar with it because I think it's actually kind of a cool one. Can you kind of talk about uh, what the audition process was like for this role and uh, on Runaways and how did you, how did you get it? How'd you find out? Tell us yeah. everything. Yeah. It, yeah. So I, yeah. And I have talked about it before, but it, it's highly irregular. Um, the whole process that I went through, I think was so fast. I think it, I found out about everything within a week, like, or two weeks from the first audition until I was on set shooting the Mm. show. Um, So it was incredibly fast, but I got the audition and it was like, I never got auditions like that. I had never met the casting director before. It was kind of a Hail Mary kind of audition. So I went in with the mindset of do a good job, get called back for the next one, make this casting director like you. That is the entire goal because you're not getting this role because you're nobody. and then the casting director in the room, it was the first time this had happened and maybe the last time this will happen, but he just gave this sigh. I was the last person of the day and he looked at me and he was like, you just got her. Oh, thank you so much for coming in. And I was like, whoa, that's weird. Mm. So I went home and was like, well, I, you know, achieved my goal. 
casting director liked me. So maybe I'll be called in for something in the future. And then I got the call a couple of days later that they wanted me to test for the role. So it went straight so no, from no callback, nothing. No, no. It went straight from initial audition to testing with like everybody. Yeah. Josh uh, Schwartz and Stephanie Savage were in the room. Those are the casting, creators. The cre- right. Yeah. The showrunners. Um, uh, two of the leads of the show were in the room. A director was in the room. The casting directors were in the room. A representative from Marvel. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was petrified. I, that, I had never tested before that. So while I was waiting, I was with two other, two other girls. And one of the girls I knew randomly, we hmm. were, she's a friend of a friend. So we were mutual friends. What, she was, she all, they mm-hmm. also testing for the role too? Yeah, they were both. You? It okay. was all three of us sitting on a couch waiting to be tested for this role. Now, now talk, talk about that for a second. Cause like, I feel like <laughs> there's like a sense of like, you're sitting there waiting and you know, it's between you and these two other people. And you're kind of looking at them like, man, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like this, yeah. like, there's it this was, competitive nature to it, obviously. So like, you don't want them to succeed in this weird way because you want to get it. But then you, I don't know, like, what does that feel like? Yeah, it was strange because one of the, so one of them, one of the girls I knew personally, um, and then the other girl I recognized, like, I know I had seen her on television before. So I was like, can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah, you sure. Can. Yeah. Okay. I was like, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. This girl has been on TV already fuck i'm gonna she's gonna get it um it was was margot robbie (laughs) yeah yeah it was margot robbie no um i can't remember the girl's name but she ended up getting cast as um uh in a small guest star role on the show anyway um second best yeah but she no but i mean she's great i she's done a ton of work she's been working her whole life i'm pretty sure um but she was kind of like the I don't know how to say it, like more feminine, softer mm-hmm. kind of version. And you're tougher. And then my, my, huh? And you're tougher. I guess I was like in between the two. So my other friend maybe was a little bit like stronger, I guess. In my mind, she seems like a little bit stronger. And then I was kind of in between the two. So we were three versions of the same thing. Mm. Um, and I think, I think I was the first one to go in. I was the first one to test. Um, and it went really well. I, I hadn't seen the show before or I had only seen like an episode. So I wasn't really that familiar with, um, the leads. So when I met them, I had no, like, (laughs) really, I, I didn't know who they were. It's probably better though, though, right? I didn't look at the list of people who were going to be in the room. Why would that be better, Johnny? There was no, no nerves. Like, but you may, haven't but, seen this person acting forever. You're like, I don't even really know you. But maybe like, you get a sense of yeah. the style. Obviously, she didn't need to because she booked it, but, like... Right. Well, for the style, yeah. yeah. But in terms of, like, I feel like nerves, right? That would be... Like, if you know everybody so well on the show and you're like, oh, my God, this was such a great actor. Like, there's, I feel like there's a little bit of yeah, pressure. It's, it's better to underprepare. You're right. <laughs> than yeah. not what I Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Yeah. So, um... Oh, sorry. Hold on one second. Okay. I just got feedback. Um, um, yeah, so when I went in the room and I was working with the leads, um, 
I don't know. It was really easy to fall into the character. I had done the work I needed to. And so what is I the mean, character? What makes your character? Yeah, so you? my character is a gender non-conforming alien hmm. who has come to the planet because they're betrothed to one of the leads of the show from some cosmic prophecy. Um, so I think in the breakdown, you know, for Marvel, they don't tell you anything. It was uh, a fake name for the character, so I couldn't look them up because my character, Zavin, was in the comic books, but I didn't know that ahead of time. Um, and then a line, basically a character description that just said, a oh, regal alien. So <laughs> I went in kind of blind. Regal alien. Yeah. Okay. So, so your character is bisexual or just gender non Well, I, I think of it more, the, once I did more research on the character, Zavin is a shapeshifter. So they are not, in, at, from what I can tell on their planet, there aren't female and male. There are just, just being and other being. Yeah. And right. you can shapeshift into whichever ones you want, whichever ones you're feeling at the time. So the character was never female or male specific, at least not in the comics. Hmm. And then after that, after that test, you said it went really well. So then what, how did it, you, you kind of mentioned this before, but how did it go down when you're getting the role? What happened yeah, that? so, so it was kind of crazy because um, everybody in the room hugged me before I left. Everybody? Which I thought was, well, not everybody, but the two leads of the show, okay. um, That's a the good casting energy. director and the director all hugged me before I left. So I thought, well, I did something right. I mean, even if I don't get the role, why did they hug me? <laughs> what did you say um, to the two girls waiting as you left? Sorry, honey. Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I, it was kind of strange because they had us in a completely different building from where okay. the test was happening. So once the test, like once it was time for my test, they just, um, there was like a receptionist who said, you may go now. And then I would just walk through the courtyard at Paramount into the mm. casting director's office. Um, so when I left, I didn't walk back that way. I just walked straight to my car and immediately started crying. Um, my boyfriend was waiting at the car for me and I just started sobbing and I was like, I did the best I could. <laughs> I left it all there. I did the best I could. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and we went and got cookies. So then, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so then, um, I tested on a Thursday, and I knew I wouldn't find out the next day, so mm -hmm. I had to wait through the weekend for that Monday to find out. So the whole weekend was horrible. <laughs> Probably the, one of the worst weekends I've had to date because I could not sleep, just sitting there weighing. Well, if I do get it oh my God, but if I don't get it, I'll be just like a puddle on the floor. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so Monday morning came around. I think I woke up at like 5.30 or 6 in the morning because I couldn't sleep from anxiety. Um, and I got on Facebook and the casting director had friended me on Facebook. Oh, and, and so you knew you booked it. it. You knew you booked it. No, I didn't. I, I thought, well, maybe I didn't get the role and he just really liked me. So he wants to stay in contact yeah. or I booked the role. Um, and so my, my boyfriend was like, just message him and say that you want to give him a gift um, and see how mm. you can get on the lot. And I was like, okay, yeah. Cause I'm going to do that anyway, even if I don't get it. 
Um, and he mess Facebook messaged me that I got the role at like Whoa. seven in the morning and then immediately told me not to tell my reps because he hadn't gotten into the office yet. Wow. <laughs> it's wild. That that's he, funny. That, that's crazy that he told you before anybody else did. Yeah. It was you know what I mean? That's so perfect. weird. Yeah. Cause they never reach out. They never want you to reach out to them. Yeah. He sounds like he just wanted to be your friend though. Yeah. Oh, Patrick's amazing. He, he is one of the sweetest people. Yeah. I've I've ever encountered in the industry. Even even while we were filming, a lot of the times he'd be on set, you know, at Crafty or whatever, and always checking in on all of us. He's he's wonderful. Probably disappointed. Probably he? disappointed when he found out you had a boyfriend. Oh, Patrick Rush is gay uh. <laughs> <laughs> and super sweet, but he's not interested in me. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. It's, it's it's pretty cool that that obviously that happened. Can you kind of like, I know the the character kind of evolved from look like a recurring to a regular, right? Mm -hmm. What was wow. that transition? What was that transition like? Yeah. So from the did, get, did you know that was going to happen? Yeah. From the okay. get, it was a recurring guest star to series regular if okay. we got a third season. So um, from the beginning, I knew that uh, there was a very strong possibility that I would get series regular credit if we got a season three and everyone was saying we would, and then mm. we did. Um, but it was, it was strange. It's, it's kind of strange coming into a show like halfway through the second season because everybody already knows each other. It's a right. huge cast too. I think we had 17 series regulars. That's wow. Like, it's like lost. Like that. Yeah. yeah like lost. It's a lot of people, a lot of moving parts. Um, but it's like going into school halfway through the semester, you know, everybody already has their, you know, intimate relationships. School. Yeah. And, and these just, people are all around your age or cause I know that they're like, like the sh show is about like kids fighting their parents or something. Or... Yeah. So, so it's split up. So the parents are series regulars and the quote unquote kids are series regulars. So I think there are six. Oh God, I should know that. But um, there are six of the main characters that the kids who we follow throughout everything, but then each of them have two sets of parents. So they, uh, so it's it's battling the parents, but it's also battling these aliens. And then and then Elizabeth Hurley came on the show in season three, and I saw her in the was, trailer. That looked awesome. Yeah, and she's playing Morgan Le Fay. So they're battling lots of stuff. And in the Runaways comics, it's they're battling all kinds of stuff. And I think mm -hmm. at one point, join the fantastic four or something there's like all this stuff that happens so are these newer connected. comics are these newer comics because i never heard of a non-binary comic book character from the 50s or whatever no so yeah i'm pretty sure these comics a lot of them were written in the 2000s early 2000s i believe i hope i'm saying all this stuff correctly because yeah. i'm gonna sound like an idiot if i don't know this <laughs> at comic-con this year yeah. all the fans are gonna are gonna come after you i know so you i'm, know I'm curious exactly how dare you uh i'm curious uh because, you know, I feel like there's what is cool, obviously, is when you get you come into the Marvel world, especially playing an actual comic book character. Yeah. Was there any kind of pressure to get it right? I know you, there was a quick turnaround between you starting to shoot. So there probably wasn't a lot of preparation time. Um, but I guess what did you do to get ready for it? And did you kind of feel the sense of like, I better get this right? Or like comic book fans are going to like, you know, attack me upset. online. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, well. So I found out I booked it on a Monday and that same day I had to go in for a table read and meet the entire cast. Okay, so wow. I found out at 7am and then at 3pm I like 
called out of my day job and I was like, this is whoop, whoop. Yeah. And I think like a couple days later, I was like, I quit. I'm gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, um, yeah, so I went in for that table read on Monday. Then Tuesday, I was in for hair and makeup tests, costume, wardrobe, all that stuff. Wednesday, I was shooting my first scene. So, so fast. I did not have, I mean, I had time to Google, but I didn't have time to um, read the comics because I had never read the comics before. Um, but I kind of just relied on that I got it right in the test and they liked what I did. So yeah. I must have gotten something right about the character. And what'd you bring um, to the character you think that like was so refreshing to that casting associate or whatever? I guess I just, I, Zavin is to me, my interpretation of Zavin is kind of like a lost puppy that's not aware of, I don't know, that has fangs but is also not quite aware of like any kind of social norms that a puppy should do. Aww. So yeah, very sweet, well-intentioned, but also a warrior. So I kind of, I, I don't know what I played at, if anything, more so just this stillness that I had with Zavin, I think maybe is what was different. I just made them very um, directional, <laughs> if that makes sense. Everything had a very intentional purpose. Nothing, no frills, no extra. Anything. Yeah, every, everything was, I think from, from the stuff I've seen with you and the scenes and stuff, every, everything seemed like very deliberate. Yes. You know, like it was very focused. Um, and it did feel otherworldly, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that was so what I, I was hoping for, hoping for... <laughs> <laughs> to seem like I'm not from this planet. Right. It definitely came across that way. Yeah. I think there were some, uh, there were quite a few fans who were like, you're so weird. And I was like, great. That's wonderful. That's what I want. Cool. How did uh, career wise your life change? Like after you were a regular on the show, did you get more auditions, better auditions? Oh yeah. I mean, I changed up all of my representation essentially. Really? Like I, kind of upgraded <laughs> did you did you dump everybody like hey thanks for the audition guys no Peace. i really didn't have a team okay like not really um it's you know as an actor if you don't have any credits it's so hard to get representation um and i i don't know i hired a publicist and actually monique shout out to monique and persona pr they are the best um she really helped me and what does she help you with, with? what does a publicist help with well, so I hired a publicist just because I didn't know what to do. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I figured it'd be a good idea just to um, learn more about what it means to have a little bit more clout in that way. And um, just connect with, you know, organizations, nonprofits, stuff like that, that I wanted to be part of. So that's what they um, do? They, they connect you with uh, like events and organizations? Or? Yeah, events. We did like a photo shoot, um, connected me to different like articles that I had, you know, interviews for and stuff. They really help you kind of shape your image. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, it was such a great learning opportunity because I kind of went from zero to 60. I didn't have any in-between time to, you know, it, it was such a huge shift in my career that I wanted to have someone there who could guide me 
I'm terrified of always making mistakes. So isn't that what your just, manager like, should do though? Like, uh... yeah, yeah, it's, it, yes. Um, but I, I also changed my manager through everything that changed and I, I'm with Link Entertainment now and they're amazing. Like so amazing. I just night and day. Um, and they've helped me find like other people and literary and like, Mm. it's just you know you start building out your team so to answer your question more directly it just helped me kind of open up a lot of doors in terms of getting people on my team building a better team so that I do get better auditions now I audition for things that I I would have never seen the light of day <laughs> did, you, and, did you oh good and either when you booked it or when you finally you know became a season or a recurring character on season three was there any notable stories or anecdotes you can share with us about the contract negotiations? Like, oh, all of a sudden you're at this new level where you can, like your agents come into you saying, hey, this is what I'm asking for. This is what they might offer. Um, well, so in terms of runaways, that was all negotiated when I came on for the guest star. So okay. the series regular rate was already no negotiated then. And honestly, I would have taken a dollar. <laughs> like, sure. I was like, whatever, this is fine. Yeah. But they didn't know that. Um, so now when I go into like negotiations and stuff, my team has me at a set rate. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't even. But it's higher than SAG minimum. Yeah. yeah. For, for the projects that I'm going out for, it is for sure. And what's but in your, what's, uh, besides the money, you obviously get more cash. Anything in your rider, anything that you ask for. Oh, Specific, no. Maybe a, a trailer to yourself or. Yeah, only yellow M&Ms. <laughs> yeah. I know. No, God. I mean, I mean, I will say the trailer is really nice, but you're not really in it. You're not really in it. Working, yeah. So it's kind of, it's nice on those days where they mess up the schedule and you find yourself just sitting in there for hours on end, then, you know, crank the tunes and read a book. But um, no, I don't have anything special. I'm really low maintenance. They didn't even have to give me a trailer. Like I would have just sat in a room or outside. Oh, I know like, they I don't have to, but once you get to a certain level, I'm sure your agents need to justify themselves. And, you know, they say, hey, you know, this is what you... Yeah, I, maybe. You, I mean, you, just, you wanted the credit and the money. I get you. That's all I need to. <laughs> I wanted the experience, the credit, the money, the fame. Yeah, that's what I mean. The, the most glory. important well, thing. Yeah, the most be, important thing was doing the job. But like, being in the Marvel fun. world. I mean, that's. I mean, a lot. Not a lot of people can say that they're part of the Marvel worlds, which is why I think makes it so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you notice that, like, um, you know, after after the run of the show and things like that, were there a lot of people, especially like indie projects that were like direct sending direct offers to you or to your reps and stuff like that or did anything like that happen there were a couple but they weren't great okay. <laughs> so i'm i'm still in the level of like i audition for everything but i definitely am getting access to much better material much right. better projects projects connected to huge talent like a list people. like who like who um god i don't know this, you this was like my best pilot person? season. One A-list person? I don't know. I mean, like everybody from Riverdale is doing stuff that I've auditioned for. All right. And I guess they're A-list. Yeah, But I, I mean, I don't watch Riverdale, so I don't really know. Um, oh, I, I also, yeah. Wait, let me think. I'm trying to think because I kind of take the, like the way I deal with all the auditions is 
they come in, I do them, I'm excited about them then, and then I completely wipe them. them from my brain. That's what I yeah. do too. And the thing about Riverdale so is they get so many like guest stars, like there's so many people, famous people have done that show because they just bring in so many people from the outside world and there's so many names attached to Riverdale. There's Anyways. so many eyes attached to Riverdale. Yeah. But besides the Riverdale people, there have been other <laughs> people, part of other projects I just can't remember because I honestly have the best short-term memory, horrible uh-huh. long-term. Everybody has one. Yeah. Everybody has one. It's great for memorizing. And then I just forget That's true. everything then that happened. For, then you forget about it. Yeah. Well, that way, if you don't get the role, you're just like, oh, I didn't even remember that audition for that. Yeah. There's. It's rare that there will be an audition that I remember. Unless it was... Yeah, no. I mean, I can't even remember the last audition I had. By the way, I, uh, I, I looked on your IMDb, obviously. I prep. But uh, your birthday <laughs> is like seven days before Austin and our birthday. So happy birthday. Oh, oh thank you. And we were born the exact birthday. same year. Exact same year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Look at you. You guys are Leos then. Now Virgos, just on that. Wait, seven just, days after or before? Or seven days, seven days after. Because you're 23rd. Oh, after. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking before. Yes, Virgos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. A- anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Glad you guys are able to connect on that. <laughs> hey, I have a question that we always uh, get from our audience to ask the guests. Looking back when you first started your acting career, what mm-hmm. advice would you give your younger self today? Looking back. Oh, God. I don't know. Probably... Um get out of that relationship faster kid oh nice (laughs) get out of that relationship and just go do your thing what was wrong Um, with him what was wrong with him oh it was just you know college relationship it wasn't going anywhere i wasn't Um, in one whoa whoa whoa, dude why do you assume it's a him come on man it's a different world because she's dating a guy right now (laughs) but who knows i could have been i could not well the fact is i guessed right so you jump into assumptions huh (laughs) yeah um, I am historically heterosexual. I will say that. Okay. Um, no, I, I just, I think that, uh, you know, when I was younger and that was my first relationship, I think I just put a lot of importance on it and I could have been focusing that attention towards my career. And I think it would have, I don't know. Maybe, I don't think any, I, honestly, I don't know. Like I'd probably just tell myself, try to relax and ride the waves as they come and right. chill, which I think I did anyway. What were you studying in college before? Where did you study acting? I studied theater arts, performance. Okay. So I had come into school to be a physical therapist and realized very quickly I had no interest in rubbing people for <laughs> the rest of my life um, and went straight to the theater. Got you. Wait, so then why was the relationship holding you back? If they Were they just not? Yeah, I just... Sorry to pry. No, it's okay. Um, no, I think it wasn't anything that was... Well... He had his own problems and I had my own problems, but I think we're just young. You didn't have any problems. <laughs> That's funny. Um, no, I just, I just think that, you know, I was 19, 20, didn't really realize my own value or worth, came to realize it, realized the relationship wasn't serving me in that way, decided to jump ship. Went to Italy for a little while and then came back to um, Los Angeles. And that's when things started taking off. Like I booked a bunch of like random 
like Sharknado grade indie movies, but Asylum, Asylum, hey, yes, I've Asylum. done my, my fair share of those. Yeah, talk yeah, about. Uh, I mean, there's a little, there's some, some, there's some funness there. It's a little bit of a well, kind of chaotic, kind of. Oh my god! Though. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, Johnny did last, so. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say the last movie I did with them, we shot an entire feature in 14 days. Yeah, that's what that's what I done with them too. Insane. Yeah. Insane. And it's just, it's an insane time, but whatever. Yeah. What's that called? That feature? It's a shark something. Flight 666. Oh, okay. Oh, I think, um, uh, wasn't, I think, I think there was a, I think Jess Selene was on that, right? It may be. Flight 666. Also, I like recently, somebody I know was on that. Do you see, okay. you, he was in the recent Drake music video too. But, but she did, also did that. Ice Sharks, which I thought she was talking about. But. Yeah, that Oh, one. did you, did you work? I think Flight 666 was a uh, Joseph Michael Harris on that. Oh yeah, Who's I know that? that. I know that guy because I worked on another Asylum movie with him a okay. couple of year, years ago. But I think was he the main guy or something? No. Or, well, no. he was like he was like the, like the bad guy. Oh okay. Well, Johnny okay. did so well on his Asylum thing. He played <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin that they I mean, asked, I saw that they they he did so well. They asked him back. They're like, we want to make just a spinoff movie of just Rumpelstiltskin. Really? And Johnny said no thanks. It wasn't just a spinoff, but I, I was going to be the lead again. They wanted to do it. It was the same director, same writer, and he called me to do it, and I, I didn't really want to do no it. No thanks. No, I, I had fun with the. I had fun with the character. I had so much fun with the character, but you know those projects are just. You know it's hard too because you know they're they're non-union and right, at a certain exactly. point, like. I don't know. I just know for myself, I, I was really glad to do Flight 666. It was a lot of fun. But after that one, I was kind of like, okay, I'm ready to, you know, get that SAG card and see what else is out there. For sure. And I think you learn, even though like those sets are like, well, I think you learn something because it's so fast paced, right? Yeah. It's like, you got to be on the ball. You got to be quick. And then you kind of see where they cut corners and stuff. So it's kind of a cool process to see how, how it goes down. But also those- so different from major... Oh, like for sure. budget because i for know sure. coming on to set for marvel having come from movies like flight 666 where i could help the grip pick something up or you know like they weren't really worried if i was gonna get yeah like hurt or whatever they want and you to on, do more work than you're being paid for yeah and i enjoy it you know i was like yeah let me be part of this team we're all in this together for 14 days um but for marvel there were a few times where I tried to do stuff that was not my lane. You're not supposed to pick up the camera. Quickly. Don't don't pick up the camera. I know. <laughs> I tried to throw the camera. They got real mad. Yeah, they were like, "That's not cool. That's no. not that's not cool." No, I don't even know what I tried to do. I think I tried to pick up like an Apple box or something, and they were like, "Don't touch Ooh. that." Like, You're oh, not even allowed to pick up coffee on the big set. They got to bring it to you. I know. I hate, I don't like. I don't like that. Actually, they. I, I understand why, but it, sometimes I get really annoyed with you know, a PA has to bring me a tea. Like I can walk over there right? and get But it, it is their job in this weird way, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. So you have kind you, of have to let them cater to you. I don't know. Right. It's just not my, not, it, it doesn't feel, it, I don't know. It's weird. Sometimes it's great because you're in the middle of a scene. You're like, I need a water. And someone's like, here's some water. Awesome. But when I'm just sitting in my trailer and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get some tea. And they're like, no, no, no. You need to stay in your trailer. We will have a PA. Go get you tea. I don't know why. why? They don't want to lose you. They need, yeah, they they go. need you. It's true. Where do they think I'm going to go? <laughs> have you worked during COVID at all? This COVID um, time? Have you been- 
Oh, oh yeah. Um, my boyfriend and I actually did a commercial for AT&T. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice? Yeah, he's an actor. Um, so we did a commercial for AT&T like at the beginning of quarantine, which was cool. That was a cool process because we worked with um God, I'm going to forget her name. Her Instagram is Mint Milana. Her name's Milana, but I can't remember her last name. She's Lily for AT&T, the the girl. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Girl. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we got to work with her and she was phenomenal. Like, she seems she, like a, a, a ton of fun. Oh my God. She's so much fun. And she also directed the spot. Really? Wow. Yeah. Which was okay. really cool. at t um, giving her a lot of uh, good stuff. I know. She's got, she's got the, the dream, right? <laughs> Did you but, shoot that at a location somewhere or was it like a quarantine oh. shoot at your house type thing? Quarantine shoot at the house. So we had like zoomed in a set designer and then my boyfriend and I were moving the entire apartment around costume designer, like drove up and gave us, you know, props and stuff that we needed. It was it's all crazy. remote. It was kind of crazy. We had to set up our whole, like using our ring lights and stuff. Yeah. It was interesting. It was an interesting experience for sure. But I think that's the only thing I've done. Cause I mean, I've auditioned for a ton of stuff, but I don't know if any of it's actually getting made. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot of things are like they're casting, but then they're like, oh, we're not shooting for like two or three months or something. And then it's yeah. like, then they keep but, pushing it back. It's like a weird, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. A few casting directors that I've spoken to have said that people get kind of excited and they'll be like, cast it, cast it. And then they cast it. And then something happens, you know, like, I don't know, 10,000 more cases happen and right. they can't do it. Or, a friend of mine, he's a first AD, and he was on a shoot in um, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, I think. And three people on their set got COVID in, like, the first week they were there or something, and they had to shut the entire production down. So at a certain point, yeah. I don't know what's worth it. Because if you're going to, you know, fly everybody out, put everybody up, get everything there, all to have it all shut down a few days later... Right. It's a lot of money know. you're losing. Yeah. Unless it's, unless it's Tyler Perry and you have your own studio. Even he had COVID though. Did he really? Okay. Well, he didn't, but like I heard that. He's the, someone the, in the team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the stu- that studio, whatever, that compound he has. The whole yeah. Brown family on TBS had COVID for a season. I don't know. What? Remember that show? <laughs> Meet the Browns? Yeah. I, I, I remember it was a Tyler show. Perry hit. You guys didn't watch TBS Tyler Perry? Not really, no. All right, whatever. <laughs> not, at least not I don't, I don't watch a lot of TV, honestly. You don't have a favorite show right now? No, it's no favorite show. I, I, you know, COVID has up my anxiety so fucking bad that every show is too much. Except for I watch. I've been obsessed with tiny homes, so I watch this YouTube channel called Living Big in a Tiny House, and it's wholesome. Uh, and <laughs> um, I, I've, I've all I've thought like it'd be kind of cool to live in one of those. Except in LA, you can't because where are you going to put it? You can legally. But it's like in the outskirts, right, of town? Well, you can do it. So basically accessory dwelling units are, have been deemed legal in Los Angeles. I've done my research. Okay. So if you can find someone who has a home who would be willing to either rent you some space in their backyard or um, just let you live there, then you could do that. But finding that person, you have to have, you have, to have yeah. friends in high places because – I can't afford a house. But then they're like, hey, uh, we'll let you rent a backyard. It'll be about 3000 a month. And you're just like, yeah, shouldn't, I just, not- shouldn't I just get it my own place somewhere else then? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. 
but they're fun to fantasize about like one day building one having no rent that's true be really nice for sure i picture nice. i picture myself in the woods i don't know why the woods oh, yeah. with a tiny home that's it just me be- and my dog that's all yeah i i imagine by the coast or something like in oregon It'd be so nice but nice. I don't know. Nice. I'd also love to have like part of why I love tiny homes too is because you can have a zero carbon footprint. You can mm. do everything like like with not top like off grid, completely off grid. And that's the goal. Are you very sure. environmentally conscious? Is that the I mean I try to de- try to be, but it's hard because um You're probably the vegan. world I'm not vegan actually. I'm yeah. I'm I'm basically vegan, but I eat fish. All right, all Which right. Is, yeah. These, these like, guys uh, are vegan. So that's definitely not vegan. But that is like, you're vegan. like, I love the earth, but fuck the ocean. That's pescatarian. Fuck <laughs> the fish, they taste too good. I'm not a maximalist. I think that's cool. Any tiny, tiny thing. Or any 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 step, you know, it doesn't have to be 100%. Hey, in our final five, five, 10 minutes, I know I had one last question, but it doesn't really have to do with acting. Did you guys have any uh Let's jump questions? in, dude. Yeah, but I wanna, okay, well, I was wondering, because I, I was checking you out on Instagram, and first of all, the fact that you got Clarissa, that's a pretty big deal. The name at Clarissa. Oh, nice. Um, but that's not the question. Also, it's, um, you know, obviously, or I see on Instagram that you're big on uh, Black Lives Matter and we're Absolutely. all supporters. But like, um, you know, when this, at the beginning of like, when that started, the beginning of the mm-hmm. year, it seemed like pretty focused. I felt like everybody was on board. Now it seems to have gotten like less focused. Like how can we focus up and do something that's actually gonna make a difference in your opinion? I honestly think so much of it has to do with um, changing our our uh, societal responsibility towards politics, right? I think a lot of the time, or at least I felt this way, uh, semi-complacent, expecting it to just kind of work out in our favor without having to do much besides vote occasionally. And that's just proving to not be enough. Um, and it's not like that in a lot of other countries either like i do remember when i when i first went abroad to france my friends who i met there all knew what was going on in the world world politics they knew what was going on in their in their districts they knew what was going on in their counties they knew they knew all of it and i didn't know any friends who knew anything about what was happening in our political sphere in this country um so but I understand what you're saying, especially on social media. I have also seen a lot of people posting, you know, pictures at the beach or, you know, I don't know, mundane shit, which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. But like, but like, it just seems like before there was um, the George Floyd and there's a few things everybody was focused on and not that, oh, yeah. that was not that that was the only problem, but like there was something to focus on. And now it just kind of seems like, you know, is, is there anything? Pandora's box. Yeah, we both opened Pandora's box and now it doesn't seem like. I don't know, like, how can we do something that's practical that will, you know, further the cause? It just seems to me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still a matter of staying informed, especially about um, local politics. I think that's more important than the big stage, even though the big stage is important, right? The president is important. But those people we elect to mayor, to councils, to, you know, district attorney, attorney, all that stuff, they matter, they make decisions, and you can change things in your community first and have it go out that way. So, 
and there are elections and people advocating for representatives all the time like all year round all the time you can find something going on but what should so, be the issue is it police reform i feel like that would be an issue that people could focus on that yeah could... and i don't even know if reform is the best thing i yeah it, it's hard it's it's one of those things where i think we we unfortunately are in a time where everything is politicized even things that shouldn't be like this pandemic <laughs> this is the health crisis this should not be politicized but it is um so i think that i don't know i don't know if there's one set answer i think it's a change in our mentality around it but i don't we think posting on, to... po posting on social media not not i'm not talking about you but other people i see in, in my opinion half of those people they're just posting but they're not getting any real work done they're, they don't yeah. they don't have boots on the ground doing anything they're just i mean they're promoting awareness i guess but after a while it just kind of turns into it turns no, into white no, noise. White noise. I was going to say, I don't want to say white, but yeah. That. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will say, I think a lot of my friends who are just posting and not doing anything, it is white noise. Um, but yeah, I, you know, with social media, it's so hard because it can feel like nothing's happening. But I do know from being, you know, on newsletters with certain, what's it called? Like uh, activism uh, organizations and with friends who are not posting all the time, but are doing things, that things are happening. It's just a matter of reaching out and finding out where you can help because there are so many issues. Yeah. It, it's really big and it feels super splintered because it is, because there are so many issues because this entire country was founded on horrible, horrible atrocities that we don't acknowledge. So- Well, the country is founded on good things too, but you know, there was a lot of bad yeah. things as well. Well, I mean, you could everything say, was... Now, let me play the devil's advocate. You could say yeah. that America was the first, you know, big country to end slavery. While slavery is still going on in the other parts of the world, America was the first one to say, hey, we're going to change things. And it, it still, like, has, you know, waves and repercussions that affect lives today. But, you know, well, slave, slavery is still going on in other parts of the world. I think also in other parts, at least in the Western world, they ended slavery long before America. And they didn't have their entire uh, foundation built with slavery. All of the money in America started with slavery pretty much with agriculture, but it was because of slaves that we would not have been as rich of a country if there weren't slaves. So that's something I think True, needs to be acknowledged. You can't pretend like it was so long ago and there are no repercussions of it today like exactly what needs to be acknowledged is the fact that it was just 200 years ago well i don't know slavery lasted what 400 years yeah. and then it was another 100 years of jim crow and then it's only been 100 years of after that or less not so. even 100 it's yeah, been like 60 years yeah. it's been it's been one one generation like Right. My, my grandfather and everything else yeah yeah my grandfather was in the army my on my mother's side and he married a Filipino woman, but interracial marriage was illegal, but only between whites and people of color. That kind of standard has been pervasive through all of history, right. you know? And, it, and I mean, it's, it's just now, I feel like the 90s pretend like the Band-Aid was on it and it's all good. Um, but now we're you know, I think that there's a lot of people saying, no, it's not all good. Like there are these systems in place that directly impact my life and my family's lives 
in a negative way and I don't want it to keep happening. So I'm going to do some, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to say something. I'm going to do something about it. Um, and I think that happens in little ways and big ways, like electing people who actually speak for you and your family, not just the person who right. runs the most ads on television. Well, Joe Biden doesn't speak to, for what I believe in, I guess closer to Trump, but I guess I'm going to have to vote for him anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it right now, I, you know, Joe Biden was not my first pick. I don't know whose first pick he was. Um, corporate but with the difference between like a mediocre choice and literal fascism. So I'm cool. <laughs> mediocre choice. I will take that pasta. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I don't want literal dog shit. <laughs> Well, guys, I'd love to be able to uh, end, you know, all injustices on this podcast, but I, you know, I think we've got almost as far as we can go. Austin, John, any thoughts? I mean, this, this conversation could continue for like a long time, especially if it's going down the political spectrum. I know. Um, but uh, it's, it's, I mean, like, like you said, it's, it's so many different issues mm -hmm. over hundreds and hundreds of years of, of this, you know, the system that was designed this way that it's, it's so difficult to, to, to break down. And I mean, it's even, it even trickles in our industry as well. Right. Of course, in Hollywood, um, you know, yeah. I, I think in so many ways it's improved in, oh, yeah. in many different ways, of course, but that's um, not even one generation. That's just in one. Decade right. And that, that's all exactly. And that's, you know, we're finally seeing more people of color in, you know, in media and things like that, which is, is fantastic, but it's still, you know, it's, it's still evolving and it's still hopefully going to continue to go in that direction. But, but, you know, we can only, do what yeah, we we'll can, get some, I guess, right? We'll get some studio execs of color. Exactly. More producers, directors, writers of color. Right. It's And it's not just, yeah, it's great because you're seeing more actors, but it's the people within the system that are going to be invoking a change, like you're saying, like the executives, yeah. the producers, directors, of, you know, people of color. That's the where it's going to really control, make a difference. Yeah. yeah the, the showrunners, things the like money. that. <laughs> right, right, right. And I think like that's, that's going to take a long dictate. time. Yeah. Right. It's going to take mean, a long time. Thing. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, it will, but I don't. I think it's worth it. Right. To keep fighting. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we're in the we're heading in the right direction. At least it's being more yeah. recognized and things like that. So definitely. Uh, but no, that's that's super interesting. We can carry this conversation forever. Um, I just want to ask real quick, what do you have coming up next? Anything that you know? That um, coming up, you working on potentially or anything like that? Um. <laughs> I play a lot of Animal Crossing. Um, <laughs> is that fun? No, I'm actually I'm doing a podcast with a friend right now, and we have yet to release it. But um, we've it. done a few episodes, huh? Okay, plug it, plug it. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about this podcast. Um, it's called Abandonment Issues, um, and it me and my friend are both orphans, and we found each other and immediately had a bond and realized that well that was easy must be because we're orphans well i gotta hear Let's about see. this now that's we didn't even touch on this this, I, is, so, this is so I, interesting now yeah she yeah, didn't bring so, up the fact she's an orphan oh, i wonder why <laughs> start with that sorry well, the, you just, the, the way you casually threw it in there yeah so we were in orphans and then anyway so then we were like you know <laughs> and like it was just like well that's that's interesting that's yeah. something yeah it is interesting another fun fact about me that's a good podcast. I'll, have, I'll make trivia cards um, so anyway talk about the pod sorry yeah so basically on our podcast we us two orphans interview other orphans and kind of ask about you know past experiences the grieving process and ultimately what we're trying to do i guess is to make grief more normal because mm -hmm. it happens to everyone everyone will lose someone one day someone that they love someone close to them and we in society we don't really talk about grief and especially right now 
with COVID happening, a lot of people are being thrown into grief um, unexpectedly. So the whole purpose of the podcast is just to heal and to talk about stuff and for it to not be necessarily heavy. Like my dad's funeral, a lot of funny things happened. My mom's funeral, a lot of funny things happened. Like the, your, kind of your biological parents? Yeah, my or? biological parents. Okay. But how did you how did you know about that stuff if you were an orphan? Or wait, they sorry. I, in oh. what context were you an orphan? I guess. Oh, they, I see. So my parents, my 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 father died when I was eleven, and my mother died when I was twelve. Okay. So uh, I was orphaned at twelve. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. So I was there at my father's funeral and my mother's funeral, and it. I don't know. It's weird. It's like. I feel totally normal, even though yeah. that happened to me. Well, I mean, I, I feel like that age is also, it's like, I'm sure it had to be a very traumatic thing for you as well. I mean, oh, that's, absolutely. That's life-changing, you know? Yeah, I think I am who I am now because of that, probably. Right, right. That's my guess. But also, there are so many parts of it that aren't just sad. You know, there are parts that are sad and, you know. Like, what was one funny thing that happened at your dad's funeral? You, you brought that up, that up. Um. So... I ended up moving with, in with my, uh, with my aunt and my uncle. So I have a, um, two younger cousins that are like my siblings now. So my um, younger cousin, boy cousin, he was at the funeral and turned to my aunt. <laughs> okay, let me, let me start the story over. My dad had an open casket. My dad also had a big nose. So my little cousin looked at the casket and only saw the tip of my father's nose poking out of the top and asked my aunt, whose nose is that? <laughs> she was like, why the fuck do you think we're here? Okay. <laughs> Uncle Dalton is dead. Okay. Um, and I think also my auntie Margie, my dad's only sister. Um, I remember it being funny, even though it was horrible, but it was kind of funny. She, like went up to his casket and immediately screamed bloody murder and was like, Oh Lord. Oh no. And it was like very dramatic. Damn. And one, I love my auntie Margie, but I do remember that being really funny. Yeah. It without, if you want to share it all, I mean, uh, how did your parents pass? So my dad, um, he struggled with alcoholism, I think his whole life. Um, and he had cirrhosis of the liver and kidney failure. Mm. So I didn't, I, I, maybe everybody else knew, but I was 11. Nobody told me. Right. So yeah. it was really unexpected for me. But the year before, or maybe not even the year before, it might've been a few months before. I can't really remember. But when I was 10, um, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. So then my dad died and my mom's breast cancer wasn't getting any better. And then she was around for like another year or maybe like, I don't know, maybe it was eight months. I don't even know how long it was. Oh no, it was a year. It was a little bit over a year. Um, and then she passed away from breast cancer. Wow. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that obviously shapes you how you are today. Do you, do you ever, do you ever feel like because of those experiences you had as a child, is there certain types of characters that you're drawn to because of that? You feel like it shaped the way you... Or better at acting because you've experienced the gamut of emotions or whatever? I don't know. I don't know if any of... I don't, I don't know if I'm better at acting. Um, but I think that I am acting because of it. The theater definitely was a place um, where people immediately made you family. Mm -hmm. 
um, which was really helpful. I think the first the first time I acted was when I was 13. So it was like right after everything. Wow. Um, and I did a Shakespeare workshop. Uh, we put up uh, Romeo and Juliet and Merry Wives of Windsor. And it was really helpful during that time because it's a bunch of, you know, teenagers, kids. Oh, God, no. I was every servant oh. <laughs> written in the damn play. Oh, that's a, fun, that's a funny role. That's, you know. Yeah, it was, it was, it was funny. Um, no, it was fine. I had never acted in my life. Some, somebody's got to play the servant. I mean, yeah. Nobody wants to play the servant. I was yeah, but Johnny was acting like it was like a... I, pl- I played a tree once. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. Anyway, continue the story. Um, but yeah, so it was really nice to have that group of kids who were all like, you know, yeah. artist kids in the neighborhood who were yeah. excited silly about Shakespeare. And, yeah, yeah and, fun and loose. And theater yeah. people hug each other and you're just kind of like outwardly affectionate. Well, so. dude, that's what I was going to say. You got out, you mentioned at the beginning, you got out of physical therapy because you didn't like touching people or being touched. <laughs> then you got into theater where all those people just do is touch you. I know. It's kind of funny. <laughs> For a long time, I, I really did not, um, I did not like people touching me, like hugging any of that like I had like a phobia I guess of being touched um and then I really took a deep dive into theater and that went away because I like could not have that phobia in the theater there was no way anyone would allow it <laughs> there was no one anyone would keep those like boundaries <laughs> during that time um but ultimately I think it was super helpful and helped me to like I don't know express myself Right, you could get into a yeah. character that was maybe going through something horrible and um, have that kind of catharsis with your feelings, but it For wasn't sure. you; mm-hmm. it was somebody right. else. You're living it through somebody else in a way. Yeah. yeah. So I think as a kid, it was really helpful, so that I didn't have to feel it as my own feelings. It was, you know, the character mm-hmm. is feeling tormented by this grief, not right. me. It almost um, like gives you permission to like feel. Go all the way in. Person. Exactly. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Definitely. So I think that if I hadn't, I don't know. Maybe I would have still been an actor. Maybe I would still be where I am now. But I think if that hadn't happened to me, I don't know. I think I I really clung to it because of what happened. Well, well for the record, I, I I think you would have made a fantastic physical therapist. <laughs> Just saying. Um, where can people find the podcast? Or when are you going to release it? Yeah. So we should be releasing it soon. We're just like. We, we recorded four or five episodes already and we're just waiting to see like with my representation and stuff where we want to place it because we're not okay. sure where we want to put it yet. Well, what does that um, mean? Like why, why do you have to, not that there's anything wrong with doing it, but what is your reps going to tell you about where to place it? It's just either going to be on Google I don't know. Play, Spotify, YouTube, whatever. Yeah, I guess we're just trying to see if there's any kind of like sponsorships we can attach to it or like any additional little perks we can add to the podcast before. A little, little funding. It. A little funding won't hurt. Yeah, a little bit of funding. Right? Yeah. We love to get paid for it. Right. Definitely. Um, but it's called Abandonment Issues. On Instagram, there's an Instagram that we haven't touched in months, but it's at Abandonment Issues Pod. Um, it's like us. But yeah, it's just, it, there's nothing really there. We're, we plan on fleshing it all out soon. It's kind of yeah. a work in progress for sure. By the way, I what? meant to ask you because we are similar ages. I mean, Austin and I, we watched Clarissa Explains It All as a, as oh, a kid, yeah. but you must have really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, thank, thank you so much, Clarissa. Never even me. heard of the show, but hey, all right. Yeah. Um, where can people find you on social media? Um, on Instagram, you can find me at Clarissa, just my name. So Man. at Clarissa, 
very lucky. And on um, Twitter, you can find me at Clarissa T. But I honestly just retweet political propaganda. So Whoa. have fun. So I mean, yeah. there you go. <laughs> we can read the news ourselves. We'd rather follow your Instagram. Yeah, but yeah. I have poignant tweets related to the news that people okay. might want. If it's to more than a retweet, yeah, we want your opinion. We'll see. We'll see what happens right. in the next couple months. Nice. Well, well thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, really appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to seeing you something else. Thank you, guys. This is a lot of fun. <laughs>